preaching the gospel, equipping the church, and expanding the kingdom of God around the world. You're listening to the Tim Brandon Ministries Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome once again to our podcast. Today, I want to share with you what is probably one of the most important messages that I've ever preached. I trust that you'll be blessed by it, that you'll be challenged by it, and hopefully forever changed by what you hear today. I also want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear it. Share it on social media in any way possible that that you can help us to get this message to as many people as we can in this hour. Because you see, time is passing by and the door of opportunity is only for a short time longer. And it's my prayer that you and those that you love will not find yourselves just outside the door. So thanks for listening today, and I'll be back at the conclusion of this message to talk with you some more. Matthew chapter 24, verse 29. It says, Immediately after the distress of those days... This is talking about the end times. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And He will send His angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather His elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. And drop down to verse 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Now verse 44, So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. I want to focus this morning particularly on verse 37. As it was in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. That's a grim picture of what is to come. It is a strong warning for all who will hear. Some people don't believe in God's judgment. There was a lot of people in Noah's day that did not believe in God's judgment. But just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And if it's going to be just like it was in the days of Noah, what was it like in the days of Noah? How was it during those days? We're going to take a look this morning for just a moment in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis 6 tells us this in verse 9. It says, this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Dwight, will you do me a favor? Will you walk with me? Let's walk together. 
Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. What does it mean to walk with God this morning? Amos chapter 3, verse 3, listen to this. It says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? I asked Dwight if he would walk with me. He said yes, and he came and he walked with me. Dwight kept in step with me. You can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you very much. Noah walked with God. He was righteous and he was blameless and he walked with God. He agreed to walk with God and God walked with him. He kept in step with what God was telling him to do. We have an obligation this morning. Scripture says we shared last week. We have an obligation, but it's not to do those things which are according to the flesh. But we have an obligation to do those things of the Spirit. Scripture tells us that we are to keep in step with the Spirit. We are to walk with the Spirit of God. We are to come into agreement with and walk with what God is telling us to do. Keeping in step with Him. Have we agreed to walk with God? Can two walk together except they be agreed? God was greatly pleased with Noah because God saw in Noah a man who was willing to walk with him. A man who was willing to follow him. A man who was willing to stay in step with him. A man who was willing to do whatever it is that God told him to do. And so God was pleased with Noah because he walked with God. Genesis chapter 6 verse 11. Listen to this. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and was full of violence. As it was in the days of Noah, is the world corrupt? I mean, really, if we stop and think about what's going on in our world right now, I don't know that really, if we could, were to compare, if we knew all the details of all the things that happened in the days of Noah, if we knew all the details of all the things that happened in the past, I don't really don't know if there's ever been a time that the world has been more corrupt than it is right now. Oh, we may think that it's not so bad in comparison to some of the things we read in Scripture, but I have to tell you, I believe that in these days, evil is increasing upon the earth, and I believe that we are living in one of the most corrupt times that has ever been. The earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. I tell you, one of the reasons why I think it's more corrupt is because even in the church it's become more corrupt. Even those who say they walk with God, even within God's house, it has become more corrupt. And God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. And verse 13 says, So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. And God begins to lay out all the details for Noah, telling him exactly what he needs to do exactly how he needs to build the ark and how he needs to prepare. And then in verse 18 he says, But I will establish my covenant with you. I'm going to do these things, Noah, but I'm going to establish a covenant with you. And you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And you are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as a food for you and for them. Now listen to this, verse 22. And Noah did everything just as God commanded him. 
Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. Why? Because he had a covenant with God. And because God said, I will do this, and he said, but Noah, you are to do this. We have an agreement here. We're, going to, we're, we're in covenant with one another. And he walks with God. He is a man who follows in God's steps, and he does exactly what God tells him to do. It says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Noah was a righteous man, and he did everything. Everything just as God commanded. He didn't do some of what God commanded. He didn't do most of what God commanded. He did everything that God commanded him to do. Had he not done everything, he would have, been, he would have broken the covenant. God said, I'm, going to, I'm entering into covenant with you, Noah, and this is what I'm doing for you, and this is, what, this is your part. There were expectations of Noah, and Noah did what was expected of him. Noah kept in step. He walked with God, and he did those things which God ordered him to do. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. Listen. Noah was warned, and he heeded the warning. He heeded the warning that God gave him. How many people in the church today are heeding the warnings of God? God has been warning us for for ages. He's been warning the church of what is to come. Are we truly taking serious the warnings that God has given us? If we really are serious about God, and we really take serious the things that He has spoken to us, we will heed the warning and prepare ourselves for the day that is coming. Noah was a man who walked with God. He listened to what God was saying, and he prepared for that day. We don't know how long it took Noah exactly, Some people say 98 years, I've heard 100 years, I've heard 120 years. Scripture is not exactly plain, uh, specifically about the number of years. It took Noah a while, though, to build such a a huge boat to be able to carry all these things. But he built an ark to save his family because he heeded the warning that God gave him. And it says, By faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. What is the righteousness that comes by faith? It is a righteousness that comes by believing God and acting on and doing what He says. That is the righteousness that comes by faith. That is that God has spoken and this is what He says to do. And because I believe God, because I trust God, because I'm walking with God, then I'm going to keep in step with Him and do everything that He says to do. That is a righteousness that comes by faith. It is not just believing that that God is who He says He is. And it's not just believing what God has spoken, but if I truly believe those things, then I will act on what I have heard. I will act on those things which I believe. And Noah was a partaker of the righteousness that comes by faith. But as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. The coming of the Son of Man. Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. It says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. I want you to imagine that for just a moment. Maybe we've had in our mind that it just began to rain, and it rained for forty days and forty nights. And no doubt, if it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, there would be a great flood. But I want you to think about something. It wasn't as if people were just standing there and all of a sudden they were just looking at the rain coming down and it started to inch up. No, the ground 
burst open. Streams came shooting up out of the ground. We're talking water coming from every direction. This would have been a terrible time to have experienced, a terrible time to be alive and have had to encounter these things. And on that very day, verse 13, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, they entered the ark. And they had with them every, every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings, pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them, came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. And then listen, then the Lord shut him in. He did everything that God told him to do. On the day that the waters were to come forth, he entered the ark and God shut the door. God shut the door. Revelation 3.7 says, What He opens, no one can shut, and what He shuts, no one can open. There is coming a day when the door will be shut. As it was in the days of Noah, there will be a time when the door is shut. And it's a door that God shuts, and once that door is shut, no one can get in. The door was shut. No one could open it. No one could get in. No one could get out. Have you ever considered what was happening just outside that door? Have you ever stopped to think about what was happening outside the door? This is what Noah had been warning them about. This is what Noah had been telling them was coming. And now it was happening. They had laughed. They had mocked. They had ridiculed. You know they were saying, Noah, you're a fool. You know that everybody thought he was the biggest joke that there was. Had there been late night television, that he would have been the butt of all the jokes. They would have been talking about that fool out there, Noah, building that big old boat. Everybody would have been making fun of Noah. But now the water's coming. And it's not just inching up a little bit at a time. It's coming quickly. The thing that Noah had warned about, it was upon them. And the door was shut and not one person could enter in. Could you imagine what Noah was hearing from inside that boat? The cries for help. Could you imagine what people were thinking? Ecclesiastes 4.13 says, It's better to be a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer knows how to take warning. What does that tell us today? I would rather go through this world with nothing and be wise enough to listen to what God has said to me than have all the world has to offer but not be able to take the warnings that God has given me. It's not about what I possess. It's not about what this world has to offer. If I forget how to listen to God, I have lost all. How many words of warning do people need? I mean, this was not something that just happened overnight with Noah. It's not like it was just a week that he built this ark and people didn't have time. We're talking years upon years upon years. A constant reminder that everybody passed by that boat. A constant reminder of the warning that he was giving. The warning that God was sending forth. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah was a man who proclaimed what God had spoken. They were without excuse because Noah had constantly been warning them. How many warnings do people need in this day and hour? 
How many times have people sat in churches like you have today and heard this warning? How many times have people heard the word preached that what is coming, but yet they do not heed the warning? As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. How many people knew Noah? Probably just about everybody knew Noah. I mean, you just don't build a big boat like that out in the middle of nowhere and, and, and people not know who you are. Everybody knew Noah. There's people that hung around Noah. Noah had friends. I'm sure there were people, that acquaintances, people that hung around Noah. Maybe there were even people who worked for Noah. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Noah may have employed people to come and help him build this ark. And the whole time that they're building, he's telling them, this is what's coming, this is what's coming. Yeah, no, whatever, just give me my paycheck. That's all I'm concerned about. Just give me what's mine and I'll help you build your boat, you crazy old man. All these people that knew Noah, but yet they perished just outside the door. How many people that day were replaying those warnings over and over and over as they were beating on the outside of that boat? Begging just to be able to get in. Please open up the door. Give me one more chance. I understand you were right. You were right. Please let me in. But the door was shut. Noah had no control over it. Understand that we have no control over when Jesus returns. All we can do is constantly replay the warning to all who will listen. There is a day coming. And for all who sit here today, I want to remind you that the day is coming when the door will be shut. Are you one who is walking with God? Are you one who is following after Him? Are you prepared for that day? When a day comes, will you be inside or will you have missed the boat? There's a lot of people that will hang around church and they'll, they'll listen to the warnings. Some will even listen to this message today. And there will be some who will listen to a CD, the CD of this message later on. And they will hear this warning and they will not listen. They will not heed the warning. How many times do you have to be warned? Don't miss the boat. Don't be one of those just outside the door who sees the salvation that is coming, but you don't receive it for yourself. We must be in Christ. We must be under His Lordship. Jesus is the door, as Scripture tells us. And when He comes, the door will be shut. The door of opportunity will be closed and no one else can enter in. We must be under His Lordship. That means we must walk with God. We must follow His guidance. We must keep in step with the Spirit. We must be following Him. Many people perished just outside the door. Right outside the ark, they saw the salvation of Noah. They saw the salvation of his family. And they saw them all taken away while they, they themselves were left to die. And you say, well, what we hear today, well, a loving God would never do such a thing. If God is such a loving God, how would he, why would He dare send anybody to hell? Why would He not? This is the, the message that we're hearing today, is that there's, there's many ways to God. How dare you, preacher, tell me that there's only one way to God? That Jesus is the only way? How many of you went to school in this place? Yeah, everybody in here has gone to school at some point, all right, and you've taken a test, right? Okay? How many of you have ever taken a multiple choice test? 
You got A, B, C, and D. How many of you know there's only one right answer? If you get the wrong answer, what happens? Get that red mark on your paper. How many of you have ever went and argued with your teacher and said, but there's got to be another answer. There's got to be another right answer. And the teacher says, no, this is the answer. There's no arguing with the teacher. Because the teacher has the answer key and she says, this is it. This is the right answer. And you got it wrong. But yet we want to argue with God and say, well, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another answer. But God says there's only one way. There's only one way and it's through Jesus. And people say, well, if God's such a loving God, then why would He let anyone go to hell? And I want to once again remind everybody that God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. That's the reason why He continues to warn everyone that the door is going to be shut. There is coming a day just as it was with the days of Noah. And the door is going to be shut. And you better be ready. You better make sure that you're walking with God. You better make sure that you're under His Lordship. You better make sure that you're inside the door before it's shut. Once again, Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming. But when you see Him coming, it's too late. Once you've seen Him coming with your eyes, it's too late to enter in because the door is shut. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And He will send His angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather His elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. And the door is shut. And people say, well, I just don't believe that God's going to do that. He's not going to send everybody to hell. I constantly read the remarks by a guy that I used to have a lot of respect for that was a, a great minister of the gospel, but he's changed his views over the past few years, and now he believes that everyone is going to go to heaven, that God is, God is going to forgive everybody of their sins because he's, He has forgiven every one of their sins. Let me tell you, God has forgiven every one of their sins. He has paid the price for everyone's sins to be forgiven. But let me tell you what, if you don't grab hold of the ticket and get on the boat, you're going to miss it. It doesn't matter that you've been forgiven. If you don't receive that forgiveness and fall under the Lordship of Jesus, you miss it. Oh, but people believe that everybody's, everybody's going to be saved. Everybody's going to be saved. Then why do we continue to do what Jesus said then? To go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why is it necessary then, as Romans chapter 10 says, for that I must confess Jesus as Lord and believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. These are conditions that we must meet. Yes, salvation is free and the price has been paid for my forgiveness, but I have to come under the Lordship of Jesus or I am going to be left outside of the door. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. It says, for if God did not spare angels, if He did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if He did not spare the ancient world when He brought the flood on its ungodly people, but He protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, a man who declared the Word of God, a man who told the people to repent. He told them of the impending judgment. 
the people were without excuse because Noah told them over and over again, God protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, if this is so, then the Lord, listen to me, the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials. So that's the good news for you today. If you'll understand what I'm telling you and enter in today, the the door is open. Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. The door is open. And He can save you from the trials that are about to come. The Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. God knows how to take care of things. Why? Because He is a just God. He is a just God, and so He knows how to take care of those who are unrighteous and those who are righteous, those who do not follow Him and those who do. God knows how to handle it. But let me tell you, He's constantly telling us and has been warning us for centuries, the day is coming. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, listen to me. People say, and Scripture even said, that people would say this. There'd be mockers. In the last days, there'd be mockers. They'd say, where is this coming that He promised us? Yes, we've been hearing it for ages and ages. Yes, Jesus is coming. You need to get right. You need to get saved. You need to get born again. However you want to say it, we've been hearing it, we've been hearing it, we've been hearing it. And people in the church have become numb to it. And lots of times they'll say, well, why don't you preach on something else? Preacher, we're all saved. I'm not talking about whether or not people have walked down an aisle and shook a preacher's hand and said a prayer. Let me tell you something. I said prayers from the time as early as I can remember. I prayed to God practically every day of my life. But I wasn't born again. I knew that there was something out there and I knew that there was a God, but it wasn't until I was 21 years old that I really gave my life to Jesus and surrendered all to Him and He became my Lord. So don't tell me just because you prayed a prayer that everything's all right. Just because when you were seven years old, you walked down and said a prayer, let me tell you something, are you following Jesus today? Have you entered in the door? As we said last week, you can't walk in the door and walk back out the door and walk back in the door whenever you please. Jesus said, if you abide with me, I will abide with you. So we need to ask ourselves, have I entered in? Am I under His Lordship? Am I following Him? Am I one who walks with God? And I guarantee you, there were people that day when the waters were coming, coming up out of the ground and the water was coming from the sky. They were thinking, I thought I had another day. I, I, I listened to what Noah said and I thought, well, maybe, let me think about it a little, little longer. Let me say to you today, if God is speaking to you today, if there's any inkling in you that you're not born again, that your life is not committed to Him, there is no time to wait. Today is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the days of salvation, I helped you. And I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Don't be the one who mocks and ridicules. Don't be the one who sits there today and says, I wish Brother Tim would just settle down. Hurry it up so we can get out of here. It's 11 o'clock. 
Don't be the one who ignores the warning. Because if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking those kind of thoughts, you're the one I'm talking to. Because there is no more time. Because as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. Don't be the one who says, I'll turn before it's too late. Now is the time. Don't be the one who just perishes right outside the door. Don't be the one who sees Jesus coming and says, I wish I would have listened. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And if you don't know, if you don't know, if you don't, are not assured in your heart that you are born again, that Jesus is Lord, that you're inside the door, that you are following Him, that you are walking with God, today is your day to make sure. Today is the day that you surrender all. And I'm going to ask you at this time if you will bow your heads with me in a moment of prayer. Father, I thank You for every person that's here. And God, I know this is a strong, strong message this morning. But today is the day. God, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. And I pray that You move upon every heart. God, that You would, that you would once again affirm to us, Lord, where we stand. Affirm to us where we stand. Draw hearts to You today, God. In Jesus' name. I want to say today is the day... Today is the day to give your life to Jesus. Today is the day to surrender all to Him. You have nothing to lose in this, but everything to gain. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Today is the day. If you don't know for sure, today God's been speaking to you and saying to you, you need to get right. You need to get in while the opportunity's there. While the door's open, you need to go in. So right now, today, the door is open wide. And Jesus is calling to all who will listen. The warning has been issued for generations concerning what is to come. And in this moment, it is your opportunity to respond. You see, all of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short of God's righteous standard. But God has never desired to leave us in that condition. Jesus came and He took the punishment for sin upon Himself. For your sin and my sin, He took it all upon Himself so that we could be restored into right standing with God. Jesus, the one who never sinned, became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. What we've earned because of our sinfulness is punishment and death. But God gives to us a gift of eternal life through the sacrifice of Jesus and His resurrection from the dead. And today, you can step through that door into eternal life, leaving your past behind and stepping into a new life with God. Would you pray this prayer with me today? Father, I come to you today confessing that I have lived a sinful life and I've chosen to do what's wrong and I've lived apart from you. But today I choose to surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose from the dead and became the door into your kingdom and into new life. All that I am and all that I have, I surrender to you, God. And I receive from you today all that you are and all that you have for me. I turn my heart and my mind from my sinful past and I turn all of my attention to you. Empower me by your Holy Spirit to be all and to do all for which you created me and paid for through the blood of Jesus. 
And I pray this prayer to you, my Father, in the name of Jesus, my Lord. Amen. Well, friends, if you prayed that prayer with me just now, the Bible says that you are born again and you just stepped into a new life with Jesus. I want to encourage you to find a good, strong, Bible-believing church near you that will help you to grow in your faith. Tell folks around you of what God is doing in your life. And of course, we'd love to hear from you as well so that we can do all that we can to help you along in your adventures ahead with Jesus. You can always connect with us through our website, which has a link for our email along with all of our social media channels. And I want to thank you all once again for joining us today. And that's our hope that we'll have the opportunity to see you soon face to face so that we can share in God's goodness together. And may God's blessings continue to overflow in every part of your life.